What's going on, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin, and I have the very dapper looking, my guy, Fofra from DraftKings, formerly of NetsWire, my guy, Nick Fryer. Nick, what's going on, bro? Oh, well, hey, I appreciate you being nice to me for once instead of talking about how Batman sucks right off the rip, so that's good. No, listen, I told myself I'm going to save that for the end now. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah, right. you spoiled it. You just you just spoiled everything, Nick. I spoke too soon. I am so sorry, Kai. Gosh darn it, Nick. Come on, man. Just you like just you should have been sorry when you when you're asking Doc that question about Ben Simmons' offense, not to get ahead of uh, ourselves. Yeah, look, listen, we have a lot to get into now that Nick just brought that up. We have a lot to get into, guys. So the Philadelphia 76ers, Nick, they uh they just finished up with the Brooklyn Nets on Wednesday, the 14th. So they are now a full game up on the Nets after they beat them the other night. Uh, they beat them 123 to 117. Joel was Joel. He had 39 and 13. He was a regular Joel Embiid night. Sixers were up by as many as 22. Uh, the Nets then took out Kyrie because at that point they just don't care anymore. Uh, they sent the bench brigade in. The Nets actually went on a 21 to 2 run and cut the lead to, I think, three. And people, and people were asking, why aren't the Nets putting Kyrie back in? The bench got them back in the game. This is Kyrie's time. And to me, Nick, it, the reason why they didn't put Kyrie back in is because Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets do not give a rat's ass about seeding, about, you know, what, what place they're in, who they're playing in the playoffs. All they give a damn about is making sure Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden are all healthy for the playoffs. Here, I thought you were going to say that the Nets are better without Kyrie Irving. Remember those days? Oh, never, never, never. When he was with the Celtics at the end there, oh, my God, they're better without Kyrie. They're better without Kyrie. Um, As much as he's, you know, he's doing his own thing, whatever. No, it's really, when it comes to the Nets, I've never felt like since – even last year, and that was, I think, what the, the issue they ran into with Kenny Atkinson, where he's a guy who you show up, you know, you show up with your lunch pail and your, your shovel or whatever, and you do your job and you work your ass off every single day. And that's what the Nets were the year before Kyrie and Kevin Durant got there. Now they got Steve Nasher. He's trying to, you know, figure all his stuff out. And you have KD, you have Kyrie, now you have friggin' Harden. Why? How, it only matters so much, like, that they're on the court together. Like, they only need to be on the floor together so much, you know, in the regular season is how they view it. And then we hear guys getting frustrated about it around the league. And I know Danny Green, what he called it, gamesmanship, I think is right how you refer to it as. Yeah, Danny Green kind of referred to it as not really showing your hand. Uh, yeah. I mean, remember, Danny Green went through this in San Antonio. Because, mm. I mean, when he, when he was with the Spurs and Pop would just rest Duncan Ginobili and Parker or, or Kawhi Leonard even and just, like, have these guys ready for the playoffs because, um, A, it, it, it doesn't show your hand. You know, you don't really give the other team an opportunity to really see what you really do look like. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, too, um, I know fans are frustrated because it was a big national TV game. We're expecting to see Joel and, and Ben versus Katie and Kyrie and, and the beard and everything. But, I, I mean, listen, the regular season to the Brooklyn Nets, they don't give a damn. They could not care less. And I will say this, though, James Harden has worked his ass off all season since he got to Brooklyn. I know there was a whole mess in Houston, and I'd be the first one to criticize the guy, but if there's anybody among the big three in Brooklyn that has impressed me this season, it has been James Harden. I feel like Kevin Durant has – when he's played, he's been himself. But I just – the way they've handled the situation, it's on brand for how they are. All they care about is the postseason. All they care about is winning. But I don't particularly love 
him taking out so much time for what was you know, diagnosed as a slight, they used the word slight hamstring strain, Kai. And how much has he played since then? Barely any. So I think three games. Yeah. So, so they don't care about it. And, and if you're bothered by that, if you're a player in the NBA and you're bothered by that, and then you go see the Nets win the whole thing, if that bugs you, well, you guys got to start looking inward because it's a player run league. And a lot of like, the, the silver's not going to, what's he going to do to go and discipline these guys? How, how can he, you guys got to look inward and try and figure something out because I don't, I don't particularly love it, but I mean, if the Nets do it and then they go and win the whole thing, Kai, I mean, I look at it right now and I still think the Nets are going to win the whole thing. And so do you, right? Yeah. I still think the Nets are, they, they got to be at least considered the favorite um, in the Eastern conference, just because of the talent they have. And, 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 I, and, I mean, everybody's going to point to, oh, they don't have enough chemistry. Oh, they don't have enough this. Oh, uh, the, like the only thing I can see standing in Brooklyn's way are injuries. Like, 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 like if one of those guys were to get hurt in round one or if one of those guys were to be, you know, just hurt, whatever, uh, it, it doesn't matter. That, that's the only thing I can see really stopping the Nets. I can't see – I can't see Philly doing it. I can't see Milwaukee doing it. Like if, if things are all fully healthy and then e- even after the shocking retirement of LaMarcus Aldridge, which sucks by the way, because I mean, yeah. that, guy, that guy's been through, he's had such an amazing career uh, and, and to have him, you know, have to retire because of an irregular heartbeat just sucks. But I'm happy for him that he finally, he caught it. He's making the right decision for himself. And, you know, he's made enough money. He's had a, an amazing career. Yeah. And he's going to be okay, you know, like, like from here on out. So, and, and then who knows? If the, Nets win, if the Nets win the title, maybe LMA still gets a ring. So yeah, I mean, I would think you still got to give him a ring. I mean, the Nets have never won an NBA title before. I, would, I mean, whenever I, whenever I see a team that won it, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, whatever, it's a franchise that's never won it before, I would think that every single person that helped somewhat along the way in that season has got to get a ring. You know, like when the Cubs did right. it, when the Red Sox did it, all that kind of stuff. So the Nets would be, I would think, falling into the same thing. But, yeah, with Aldridge, look, I, if the Nets don't win it this year, I'm not going to, like – I'm not going to feel for any of those guys in particular, but I would for Aldridge just because it was like his first chance. You know, he's always been that a very good player in this league. He's never been, you know, that top 20 guy or whatever, but he's always been a a big man who like, who was a force in some capacity and always kind of flew under the radar. I felt like. Right. Seven time all-star too. So I mean, hell of a career. I mean, I think the only time he got deep into the playoffs, 2017, uh, the Spurs were in the Western conference finals against the Warriors, but that was the year Kawhi got hurt in game one mm-hmm. and uh, the Warriors swept the Spurs in the Western Conference Finals that year. That's the only time uh, Aldridge has been passed round two. So, you know, that definitely sucks for him. Uh, but when it comes to, like, playoff seating and even these three games that the Sixers and the Nets have matched up, I will say this. Brooklyn has no chance of guarding Joel Embiid. Uh, I, will right. give, I, I will give the Nets this. They moved DeAndre Jordan in the starting lineup. Uh, simply because just to guard Joel. Uh, but thing is, and I will give Jordan credit. Jordan actually did as good a job as anybody really ever can against that guy uh, on Wednesday night. But it didn't matter. Joel was still like get, getting his points. And I think he shot eight for nine from the free throw line. He had 21 points by halftime. And then he dropped another 18 in the second half, 16 coming in the third quarter. Just, you know, Joel is Joel. You're, you aren't really going to stop him. But for me, it was the way, Nick, that Brooklyn defended Joel. Um, and it was because while Jordan was on uh, Joel, I forget who it was. The Nets sent, like, a bunch of different guys on Ben, but they clearly just did not give a, a rat's ass. Yeah. And on the offensive end of the floor. Uh, the way they doubled Joel, Ben would bring the ball up, 
and they would sag off of Ben, the uh, Ben's defender, and just go double Joel. Never so, seen that ever before. Never heard of any other franchise ever sagging off Ben Simmons and letting him just do what he wants to do. Never. It's mind-blowing. Never seen that before, right? It's no, incredible. No, it's revolutionary. My God. So, and, and I've said this on the podcast a couple of times. I've said this on the radio. I've wrote this. I've written this in articles. You can get away with Ben not scoring for a round in the playoffs. We saw it in 2018 against Miami. Uh, I, I think Ben had a really good game one. Uh, and I think Ben was okay in game two of that series. But he, and he, really, but he really didn't do much offensively the rest of the way. But the Sixers were able to win because it was Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like the Heat, uh, during that time, they were relying on a, uh, an ancient Dwayne Wade to come off the bench and, and lead them to wins. Um, which, I mean, hell, if Wade was a couple years younger, Wade won game two for them. And he almost won game four for them in that series. He was younger. It's a different series, but it is what it is. But then they run into Boston in 2018. And we remember Simmons struggles in that playoff series. Of course, he had the one point in game two um, and, you know, and everything else that came uh, around with that. Then we fast forward to 2019. uh, I thought Ben played well against Brooklyn offensively in round one, but that's because that Brooklyn team was D'Angelo Russell, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and, Mm. you know, Jared Allen, you know, younger guys. And the Sixers were able to dispose of them, but then you run into Toronto and you're facing Kawhi Leonard and OG. Uh, I apologize, OG didn't play in that series. Um, but Kyle Lowry and, and all the other Raptors. It just when you go up against bigger teams past round one or better, more disciplined teams. Yeah, it, it's 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 a hindrance, and I feel like we saw that in the Brooklyn in the Brooklyn game on Wednesday. Ben has got to score. He just has to. Yeah, and I mean that's a game that that the Nets somehow managed to contest in and you don't, you have Kyrie and that's it. And I'm sorry, like Kyrie's a good player and everything, but, and I know he was a starter with Kevin Durant this year in the all-star game, but if I'm looking at the, the big three, I, I know Kyrie's like on uh, the hierarchy is going to score more, but James Harden is the second most important player on that team, hands down. So you don't have the two best scorers on the Nets and two of the best scorers in the league on that team. And Harden's playing, you know, ultimate facilitator and all that stuff. I'm sorry, like, so you have Ben struggling on the offensive end there, and, and nobody's taking him seriously. And then you have these two guys that you're going to insert into the mix when the playoffs come around. And Blake Griffin's going to get thrown back into the mix, too, because he wasn't there last night. He was out. How are you going to contend with this? As much as I think it was last time, if not the time before, I was talking to you about, like, I wish the Sixers were, would find a way to contend, you know, because they're the team that I believe in most still right now in the Eastern Conference that would knock off the Nets. Right. After watching that game, Kai, I, I, have, I have no faith in this right now because it's just, Ben Simmons is, is a big part of that problem as much as the Sixers are a better team than they were last year. For me, I think Philadelphia will definitely push them. I think it will go seven games because I'm very interested to see how that series will work out. And it's because the Nets literally have nobody to guard Joel. I mean, Joel is going to chew the Nets up and spit them out. I agree. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, legit jo- Joel is as he he's, he's absolutely incredible. My thing is, though, when it comes to when it comes down to it, the Nets are going to have the two best players in this series, and they're going to have the three three of the top five players in this series. Do you remember when I joined you on Five Out before the 2020 playoffs, and we talked Boston and Philly, Mm -hmm. and we said the Celtics had three of the top five players in that series. The Brooklyn's going to have the three of the top five players in this series, but it's going to be on steroids because we're talking about a two-time finals MVP and Kevin Durant 
uh, a league MVP in James Harden and a guy in Kyrie Irving who has ice in his veins with the game on the line. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw it, Nick, the shots Kyrie Irving was making uh, against Matisse Thibel. And, I mean, Thibel defended him as best as he possibly could. And because Matisse is such an elite defender, I believe Thibel should make an all-defensive team this year. That's just me, even off the bench. But the way Matisse defended Kyrie, my God, uh, he was forcing Kyrie to take these ridiculously tough shots, and he was making them, Nick. He was making them. Because See, this, is, this is Kyrie Irving we're talking about. Yeah, he – if Kyrie Irving was six foot five, six foot six somewhere in that range just a little bit taller yeah he, he might be the best player in the league right now look i he i've been annoyed with what happens with him as much as anybody because it just seems like there's just no rhyme or reason with some of the stuff he's a good guy in a lot of ways off the court but he can also seem it can from the outside it can seem like he is the weirdest guy to have to coach or play alongside but when it comes to his skill that's part of what makes him so frustrating when it comes to his skill he's he's as skilled as any basketball player we've Seen. Of course, with his handle, we all know that. But with his shot, dude, oh, man. When he, he did it, I saw it up close in Boston. Then we get to see it more in Brooklyn, too. He just makes so many tough shots. I think, honestly, it's his height that holds him back from being able to be the absolute best player on a team. But now he doesn't need to do that. He doesn't even need to run the offense. And he doesn't want to. He's just taking his shots and getting his when Harden's out there. He's running the offense. And then you have Durant, who's going to draw more attention. And honestly, Harden is, too. So, when that's your third guy and people are going to kind of let him be the one that does the damage, then you're going to run into problems. Cause he one-on-one, he's going to be fine. You know, nine out of 10 times, no matter who's guarding him. Right. Right. And I, honestly, I believe when it comes to Philadelphia and, and Philadelphia and Brooklyn, I feel like Ben Simmons has to guard either Kevin Durant or James Harden. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's and specifically because Simmons has had so much success against Harden, not, not just during his time with Houston, but I think even in the one matchup, uh, that Harden played against Philly this year. Simmons did a really a hell of a job against him. Um, and then you have to put probably Matisse or, you know what, you might have to throw George Hill on on Kyrie at some point too. Like, like, like the, yeah, like I that, think you're right. Yeah, so, like that's going to have to be something that Doc is really going to have to, you know, consider. Another one for me is Seth Curry. Um, you know what? I will say this about Seth. Seth is having a really good year. He's shooting over 40% from deep, which is what the Sixers want in He's a great ad. He's great. Yeah, ad. terrific. But he really has not been able to get himself into a groove after his bout with COVID. Um, I think since COVID, since he's come back, I think he's only shooting like 36, 37% from deep, which is a okay number. But for Seth Curry, that's a number that's like, wow. Like, like that. that's not – that that's not Seth Curry like. No, no, you brought you got brought in to do one job, and you're not you flat out. Sorry if you're not shooting forty percent. You know, at least thirty nine. I guess a thirty nine I could let slide, but right around league average, that's not enough. You're a sharpshooter. Come on. Yeah, and he was he was shooting fifty nine and a half percent over the first eight games of the year, which obviously he wasn't going to shoot fifty nine and a half percent for the entire season. Right. But when he came back it's clear that like just he's still having a lot, lots of ups and downs since his bout with COVID. I think there were a couple of games he shot five for 10 from deep against the Cavaliers to end that trip. That was huge. Uh, you know, like though that's what you expect out of Seth Curry. But then there are other games, I think against Brooklyn, I think he shot one for four from deep. Uh, there'll be other times he'll shoot one for five, you know, yeah, yeah. Against, against, the, against the Pelicans, he was 0 for seven from the floor. And, and, and it's, it's like Seth, come on, man. 
and the thing is, like you know, is the with the COVID stuff, some of these guys are getting hammered with it. Like it, it really is having a lasting impact. And for someone yeah, like look Seth at Curry, Tatum. yeah, exactly. And if you look at Seth Curry, he had it. He had a long battle with it too. So I can understand why it's going to take him a while. But even then, Kyle, like as we're looking at that, sure, maybe by the time the postseason runs around, maybe he's fine. But still, with some of these guys, it's, it's t- it takes a long time. And I, and I get it. I mean, this, the virus is a, a real issue. For, yeah. And if you have it for a yeah. while, it's more of a problem. So I don't know how well he's going to bounce back. And if you lose that, like you talked about Embiid and how nobody's going to be able to stop him. The thing about Joel Embiid, as good as he is, again, he's not going to go and beat the Nets by himself. I mean, no. he'll do – he might – maybe a night – Maybe a, maybe a second night, but I feel good like one night he can do that. But in a seven-game series, when you got to go up against Durant, Irving, and, and, uh, and Harden, it's, it's not going to matter. And I, I wish I was wrong. Right. I wish that was the opposite of the case, but it's not. Right. Now, listen, I hear you. I, I, and I totally 110% agree. Like, like, that, like that's a big – I guess that's like a really big, you know, challenge when it comes to Seth Curry. They got 17 games left, Nick. And I feel like over these final 17 games, they need to accomplish a couple things. One is to they got to win the number one seed. The number one seed matters a lot more to Philadelphia than it does clearly than it does to Brooklyn. Because, I mean, we just talked about it. The Nets don't give a damn. Right. They, they, they just want their guys healthy. But if the Sixers, they need the number one seed because, A, they are absolutely terrific at home. They're 21-5 and five at home. Fans are allowed back in Philadelphia. I think they're allowing over a little over 4,000 fans right now. And if things continue to go well in the city, that number is going to increase on April 30th um, uh, in the city of Philadelphia when it comes to capacity. So that's going to be, you know, that's going to be a really huge help for them because of just the way Philly fans are. Um, So that's going to be huge for them. They also need, they also need to get Seth Curry into a groove over these final 17 games. Like if I'm doc, I'm focusing on that. Uh, Another one, Nick, uh, the other one is going to be figuring out transition defense. Uh, their transition defense all year has been absolutely terrible. They're 29th in the league in fast break points allowed. They give up 15.3 fast break points a night, which for a team that's number two in the league in defensive rating, to be that bad in transition defense that's is awful. mind-boggling. That is mind-boggling. Holy crap, I would never, I would, you'd, I would never guess that just from like looking on the outside, just, paying, just watching the game itself. Wow. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the Sixers are number two in league at defensive rating, and they are 29th in fast break points allowed. They gave up 18 fast break points against Brooklyn uh, on the 14th the other night. So, th- there's going to be that's definitely got to be something they got to fix too. Yeah, and um, I haven't looked at the the like, I, so I know the the defensive rating how well they've been doing there, but on the the fast break, obviously it's a huge issue. And I haven't looked at the tempo of of the Celtics or the Hawks or the Knicks, who are the three teams that are battling out right now for uh, for that fourth seed, but I would think that the Hawks play with a pretty high tempo given how, you know, how much they score. So that's, right. the, that's the other thing that I'm looking at too. Yeah. The, the, I can see why the first seed would matter to the Sixers more than this. The Nets look at it as just put, you know, tell us who we're playing that day. And when, when it's playoff time, we're going to beat them in a series. It's not going to matter. Right. With, the, with the Sixers, I would think, and I would think this is the case for the Bucks or the Celtics and, Anybody else that wants a real legitimate crack at the Nets, they want to be as well-rested and you know, positioned as, as best as they can be to go into that series healthy and strong. Um, and, and that's why, you know, so that's why I'm curious, like, who would be the ideal option? But we'll, we'll get there as we go further down the line. Yeah, I think for the Sixers, Nick, I think matchups are a really big thing. So, I, like, if they already get the number one seed, um, I believe the eight seed right now at the top of my head is the Knicks. 
Uh, well, actually, I had it pulled up. Well, I'm honestly, Kai, I'm blowing right through the eight seed. I don't give a, I don't give a damn. Like the, the right now, it's the Sixers, Nets, Bucks, and then it's Hawks, Celtics as the four five. Um, and I mean, the, the, I would think that the top three teams are going to win their first round series, no questions asked. Uh, the Hornets are the eight seed. That's who the, the Sixers would open up against. I mean, come on, ter- oh, scary Terry, get out of my face. No, he, he, here's my thing. Here's my thing. And 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 this is what I'm saying about matchups, right? If you're the one seed, right, and you play Charlotte round one, as you just said, the Hornets are the eight seed. And then the next round, you'll play either Atlanta or Boston. And because that, that, that's a four or five matchup. It's just easier. That just sounds like an easier path than having to be, let's say they drop to the two seed and they got Miami's a seven seed right now. And again, we're assuming here that things are going to remain true. If you had to play Miami round one, and then have to go face and have to go face the Bucks round two before the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, so, so much harder. Right. So this is what I'm saying. If you can get the number one seed, face a team like Charlotte, who has no answer for Joel, and then in the second round you play. Let's just say you play Boston, who will obviously make it tough because of how great Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are, uh, and they will definitely make it a lot harder on you. And but they also have no answer for Joel, whether it be right. Tristan Thompson, Mo Wagner, Robert Williams. It, it does not matter. Taco fall. It doesn't matter. Joel will destroy them. So just, it's an easy, it's, it just seems like it's a little bit of an easier matchup for Philly. If they can get the number one seed, the seeding to them just matters a lot more because of matchups. They need to be able to match up with teams that can't guard Joel. And then when they go face a team like, you know, Brooklyn or Milwaukee, I, I, I like the Sixers against the Bucks. Yeah. As you know, oh, yeah. as you know, I'm not really, I'm, I'm not a big Bucks believer. Uh, I've converted because of you. I'm an anti Giannis too. No, no, no. I'm not anti Giannis. I'm anti Mike Budenholzer. I am anti Mike <laughs> Budenholzer. There is a difference. I, it's really more Middleton for me to be for being honest. Uh, that listen, that that's fair. But I feel like I feel like there's a little personal agenda there, just because Middleton always destroyed Boston in the playoffs. Oh no, yeah, he's the only friggin' team. He turns <laughs> he, he, like, he just turns into Larry Bird or something like that. He's playing himself. <laughs> like, what's going on? You know, what's today? Today's April 15th. I believe today's a three-year anniversary of the shot Middleton made from like the, you know, three-quarters court or whatever to you know, force overtime uh, against the Celtics in game one. Celtics went on to win in overtime, but I think Middleton hit some ridiculous shot to force overtime. Yes. The, the best shooter in the league is Chris Middleton facing the Celtics and then everybody else. That, listen, that's fair. I agree with that. I agree with that. So stupid. I believe I believe that at, by the end of the season, no, I, I still believe the Heat are going to be higher than the seventh seed. I believe Miami will either be a four or a five, um, because I, I really do believe the Heat will get it together. I just, you know, they they got hit. They're getting hit with so many injuries. Oh, they, and they had the COVID bout too. That was brutal yeah. for them. Yeah, like even now, like you know, they just got Oladipo, and it seemed like Oladipo is finally getting into a groove. But now he's out this entire road trip. So I mean, the Heat are dealing with a lot of injuries. Yeah, I mean, um, there could be a lot of movement from four to nine. It, it, yeah. A lot can change between now and then. Yeah, and then, you know, you, you, we never know with the play-in tournament. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, like, like Charlotte could be bumped out, and who knows, Indiana could be that eight seed or, or something like that. And the Pacers will, the Pacers are one of those, like, weird teams that, like, they, they will give the Sixers trouble in round one just because they actually have the big men to battle Joel between Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. But it's one of those things where, I, like – 
Indiana doesn't scare me per se, but like Indiana is one of those teams that you, you don't want to face them round one. It's basically what I'm trying to say. You See, don't want to yeah, face them. I, I, when you talk about the matchups with Joel Embiid, I understand you don't want to, you want to keep his workload limited in, in the, you know, before they have to face the Bucks if they have to, or the Nets if they get, when they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. For sure. But, but in general, Kyle, like I, I think that whoever you put Joel Embiid against in this league is, he's going to eat their lunch. It's, well, it's no question yeah. about it. It's a matter of everybody else around them and how much those guys have to work in the course of that series. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's going to be very interesting to kind of see. But, you know, when it comes to those three games between Philly and Brooklyn this year, uh, the home team won all three matchups. Uh, mm. Philly, Philly won the two at home. Brooklyn won theirs at home. So, it's just the way I see it is – That's huge. We, we can't – I really don't believe we can really take too much from these three games just because we didn't see, you know, a full-strength Nets team. Uh, their, their first time matching up in Brooklyn in January, the Nets didn't have Durant or, Durant or Irving. Katie, I believe, was hurt, and Irving took a, a day off uh, because I think he had some family issues or something. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when Karis LeVert, you know, went off. So, yep. this is, so this is before the James Harden trade. And then the second matchup in February – Harden played, but Durant, Irving were hurt. Then they played this past Wednesday, April 14th, and Irving played, but Durant was out due to load management, and Harden was out with a hamstring issue. So the Sixers still have not seen a full team, a full strength Nets team. The Nets, they, and obviously, they didn't have Blake Griffin in that third matchup either. So I, I see that's right when you say, see, and I, I'm the one who's been saying the whole time, like, I want to see the Sixers give the Nets, a, you know, a good fight. But and, and look, last night's game, like you know, you I can see the, the. I don't know. I honestly I mean, don't. I, I hate that I feel that way, but I don't know that I feel like I've I've gone up and down on this, and it feels to me like it's a five game series, maybe no, six. seven. I, I, and I think it's I think it's going seven just for the simple fact that Joel Joel is that dominant. So and then who knows in a game seven, especially if that game seven is in Philadelphia. Who knows? Makes a big difference, that's for sure. Like, especially if that were to happen. But my thing is, it just, I really do believe, man, with the game on the line, the Nets just have too many closers between between the three of them. Uh, and then the way I see it is, it, it really doesn't matter what kind of defender you put in Kevin Durant's face. And you know what? I mean, even when Durant coming back from this hamstring injury, he has literally made it look so easy in the couple of games he's played. He's literally looked like, you know, himself. Yeah, it's because he's not really like that. As he, he could have been back by now. If, I'm pretty sure Nash said at one point that if he if this was the playoffs, he would be playing. I yeah, feel, most likely. I, I firmly believe that, and yeah, I firmly believe he'd look just like he did in the few games he's played since he suffered the injury because he's not that injured. They just realized, yeah, he's fine. He's got his timing back. I mean, he, he came back, and the, the things that I was concerned about, not an issue. Like the chemistry stuff, whatever. He just looked like Kevin freaking Durant again. So – that's why I feel this way. It's, it's all for me. It's all centered around him, and it, yeah. I, I think it should be. Yeah, for sure. And then, and then obviously, James Harden has been you know incredible since going to Brooklyn. I think I think I saw a stat: the Nets are like twenty-seven and seven when he plays, or some, something incredible like that. Seventeen and seven, something like that. He looks so Harden, damn good there, man. Like, he looks so good. Yeah, like like whenever whenever Harden plays, you know, so it's going to be a tough series. I believe it's clear cut net Sixers. The Bucks will obviously be right there, but again, I'm, I don't. As we all know, I'm not really a big believer in them. Uh, although Drew Holiday really has having a, an incredible season. Drew Holiday's been terrific for the Bucks this year, and he definitely and he got paid. He earned that contract. I don't care anybody says he earned that big extension from Milwaukee, which I'm going to Milwaukee next week. By the way, are you? 
I am. I am. I'm th- that's going to be one of my final road trips of the regular season. I'm nice. going going to Milwaukee next week. I'm going to Miami next month because, I mean, come on, it's Miami. Uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll figure out playoff travel. But, yeah, like that—that that is my uh, – yeah, that, nice. that, that's my plans, man. I'm excited to go to Milwaukee. Have you been to Milwaukee before? Never been. Okay. I've, I've only been there a couple times, but it was – whenever I went there, it, seemed, it was pretty nice. But it's been, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. They're out there for two games, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to take a you know couple couple days in Milwaukee. Oh, and you know Milwaukee's only an hour from Chicago, right? I, you know, I've thought about going to Wrigley Field, not going to lie with you. I've thought about going down to go see a Cubs game. I don't know uh, what the attendance situation is like there, but it's not that hard to do. And it's, seriously, it is an I, – when I went to school in Chicago, I, it was like an hour drive. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never the only baseball stadiums I've been to. I've been to Comerica Park. I've been to Citizens Bank Park, and I've been to uh, when the Marlins shared the stadium with the Dolphins. I've I've been to uh, Hard Rock Stadium. I think it's called. Uh, yeah, when the Marlins played there, I went to plenty of baseball games there, and it was like the worst experience ever. So I got a, a Philly story for all you Philly fans uh, listening to the show. When I was a kid, I actually – so I, who didn't love Roy Halladay, right? But I also really liked Jason Worth a lot. My brother loved Chase Utley. And uh, we went to Citizens uh, Bank Park one time when we were, we were visiting Philly with my parents. And this, there's this person – the Celtics were in town. I guess they were having a series. I forget what year it was. We were young. And they, this person was handing out like um, – these like little flyer things about the Celtics uh, Sixers series. And, it, and he, they gave my brother, who's this little pipsqueak, he's, he was always a tiny kid. They gave him this, this like little sign that says F Shamrock CK, the Celtics. And we were, I think we were wearing Red Sox gear because Red Sox were playing the Phillies. Right. So that's, that's to me, that's always been the, my representation of Philly fans. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Like, listen, you know, that, that's, Welcome to Philly, my boy. Welcome to Philly, my guy. <laughs> so I was never wrong. Yes, there you go. Listen, you, you got to love the city. You know, the, the city here, Philly fans are absolutely great. It just, it, it is what it is. They're, they're definitely, uh, <laughs> they're definitely a passionate group of people. You, you, you really have to love this city. Same thing with Boston. Boston fans are, are just as passionate, you know, so it is it, what it is. Them in New York, they all just express it a little differently, but yes. <laughs> all very passionate. They love their teams. All right, Nick. So I guess I want to ask you one last thing to end off this podcast, man. And just, just give me just give me one team. Who do you like in the Western Conference now to, to come out of the West at this moment? If, if Anthony Davis is coming back, then I still like the Lakers. I mean, mm-hmm. with what's happened with Denver, obviously it's a huge issue. That um, sucks. With, yeah, that's brutal, man. I mean, Jamal Murray is one of those – I feel like he's one of those guys that, in the league that everybody just likes. You know, you just appreciate yeah. what he does and he, he, get, he works hard day in, day out, all that kind of stuff. So I – I hate seeing that happen with them, but I still, um, I still think it's the Lakers if, if Davis is coming back. It, it, the, the Achilles is such a tough thing, though. I, I get that, um, and I understand if they, they try to not go with him. Um, if it's not that, then I, I know this is a chalk move on my part, but I'm probably going to go with the Clippers because of what's gone. Like, I know that the Jazz are very much a real thing and whatever, but I'm sorry. I just – I think – Paul George is on a mission this year, and I think Kawhi Leonard is – I mean, he's still one of the best players in the league. You can't – I got to respect that. But I think if, if Davis is on the floor, then I'm going with the Lakers. For me, it's the same thing. I, I agree with the Lakers. So my Lakers are my pick if those two are healthy. My second pick was Denver. But, mm. not, but, but now that Murray is done, 
Yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm actually either going to go with the Lakers uh, or the Clippers. Like like those like the Lakers aren't healthy. Give me the Clippers. Um, You're not gonna I, go with the Suns? No. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I don't understand the Suns' love. I I get that Chris Paul is Chris Paul, and he's made a huge difference there. Mm-hmm. Well, Devin Booker's never been in the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton's never been in the playoffs. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Dar- uh, Dario Saric only has ten playoff games under his belt. Like, come on, man. Like, I, m- miss me with all that. Like, I'm not, I'm not picking no. the Suns to come out of the West. I'm just I'm, – I'm not buying it. They're a lot of fun to watch. I believe that they'll win a playoff series. But, no, I'm not – I was I'm not really hoping it. that you were going to try and sell me on the Jazz because I want to believe in the Jazz. Like, I, I, I'm having a tough time with it, but – The Jazz, to me, are the bucks of the Western Conference. You know what I'm saying? Like, like so good in the regular season. Like, so good. Then you get to the playoffs, and they just continue to disappoint. I'm not saying you're wrong, but that is – that is coming from you, that is the ultimate insult. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) It is, because nobody cares about the regular season in the grand scheme of things, right? You're all out there to win it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, winning in the regular season is clearly important, you know what I'm saying? Because you, 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 seeding is important for some teams, not the Nets. But seeding is, is important for most teams. But at the same time, it's like the regular season in the NBA doesn't really mean too much because you're judged based on what you do in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess more what I mean is nobody cares about the regular season if you can't go and, you know, be a legit team in the postseason. Oh, yeah. That's more what I mean. So, but they could. Who knows? I want to see Donovan Mitchell come out and, and show, give us all the burn. I'd really like to see him do that. Uh, I just, I'm not a believer in them. It is what it is. Uh, although, I mean, listen, Ben Simmons needs to stop throwing shade at Rudy Gobert, man. Just leave Rudy Gobert alone. Like, how many times you gotta make? <laughs> how many? I think Ben Simmons is just at war with the entire state of Utah. Like, not just the Jazz franchise. Just, like, just, just the, the entire state of Utah just does not like Ben Simmons. Well, All right, man. Batman. So, final thoughts. Final thoughts today, man. Um, no, Batman's the best superhero out there. Did you watch the Snyder Cut yet? Oh, I haven't yet. Okay. I haven't yet. I've been, I've been busy watching The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I'm oh. excited. I'm excited for episode five coming out tomorrow the 16th I'm, I'm i hope bucky just you know beats the crap out of john walker um, I'm, i've never liked a t i never disliked a tv character more than john walker he is brutal that image at the end of the last episode oh my god him just standing there <laughs> and, and you know what shivers for all the people out there who like new girl i never liked schmidt like the character the tv character schmidt on that show I never liked him, but and I thought he was the worst TV character of all time. But then I found I ran into John Walker, and I said, "Nope, this guy's worse than Schmidt." I found a guy <laughs> who was worse than Schmidt from New Girl. He's that guy. Yep, he is literally is that guy. I don't like him at all. All right, Nick Fryer, tell everybody how they can follow you on socials. At Nick underscore Fryer on Twitter, and actually that's it. Yes, and make sure you watch the uh, the sweat on uh, for DraftKings. We're doing those those streams are on Twitter and on Twitch. And don't forget to check out SixersWire.com for all of your Sixers news, info, trade rumors, everything else in between. I'm literally pumping out this month uh, on average seven and a half articles a day this month. I didn't think you could do more than you already did when I was there. You're a freaking machine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a busy season. Been a busy season. Lots of storylines. Lo- lo- lots, uh, lots of everything. Obviously traveling a little bit more, even in a pandemic. So, you know, I'm excited. Playoffs are right around the corner. The weather's getting warmer. 
it's that time of the year, man. We got robbed of this last year. We got absolutely robbed of this last year. And with that, we're out. We'll see you guys next time on The Bell Ringer. 